we are at the end of season one of the Space Social Podcast. I can't believe how fast this last year has gone. So I know I told everyone we were going to have five episodes this week, but Thursday, it just didn't work out. Unfortunately, I'm actually recording this on Thursday. So let me give you a breakdown of anniversary week. I am such a sucker for behind the scenes, so I want to talk about everything that went into this, and then if you want to implement that, please do. So literally in May, I really think it was May or August, me and my photographer, Abby Lauren, started started like getting ready and talking about what we wanted to do for our photo shoot, and she is such a sweetheart. She literally came down to Vegas for our photo shoot we did at the very beginning of November, and we just got all of the content ready for this week. We were so excited. Like, if you guys go look at my Instagram, you'll probably laugh. But I felt like I felt like the cake literally looked like the cake in Harry Potter that Hagrid made for Harry. And it's totally fine. I made it myself. I went to the store, bought like a $3 cake that I had no... I was not going to eat, no intentions of eating it, and then just got pink frosting, and that's literally what I did, and I made it, and I was like, I am not a chef, I'm not a baker, like, this looks so bad, but I just wanted the prop of a cake. Anyways, so we did that in, yes, the beginning of November, and then the podcast, we started recording that six weeks ago. I got three guests, obviously, for this week, some of my favorite guests, your favorite guests, so it was a lot of work that went behind the scenes. And then the real deal, I have been, I've learned so much since I released the first one. Like I was looking back at the first real deal and was like, I don't even, I don't even say this to my clients anymore. Like I was like, you have to post every day. Oh my gosh. I can't even believe how much I have grown in the last year. That's so insane. Like I would never say that to a client anymore. Anyways. Um, yeah, posting is not a recipe, which is actually a post I'm planning on doing next week. Um, <laughs> so this morning I was on my morning walk that I always do. I did it a little bit later in the day because we went to, we were at the park MGM. That's where we went for my birthday. So we woke up later and whatever, whatever. So I was going out a little bit later and I was thinking to myself, you know, we talked a lot about how I got started marketing and I, and I was thinking I think it'd be really fun for my audience and like the podcast to think about the first time they had a memory of social media period like before because everyone's been on you know everyone's on social media so anyways I was reminiscing and I remembered that my first memory of social media was actually in church how funny is that? So we had a really big leader come to our church and he was actually emotional, which I think is kind of manipulative now, but he literally asked the congregation to not get on MySpace, to not use Tumblr, that these would lead down a bad path. And like, I, I was too young to like be on social media at the time. So it was okay. But, um, yeah, that was my first memory. And then I actually was thinking too, cause I was trying to remember my first memory with each platform. And I was thinking about Facebook. And I think when I was 12 years old, my parents had been like, we don't want you to get a Facebook. We're not ready, which, you know, I should have listened to. But I secretly created a Facebook. And it was at the time, do you remember those boards? It was kind of like Pinterest. Like you could pin 
a pin onto a board and it was so fun to like find new pins and like make these really cool boards and it was all secretive and I don't even remember if I ever got caught or if one day my parents were like oh we're comfortable with you having a social media and then I was like sweet and then I like had one already um but I just thought that was so funny and I want everyone else to think about that because I just think that's something we don't normally think about on Wednesday's episode, the happy birthday episode, Chloe and I talk a lot about things I've learned the last year, like what I've done, how I've pivoted. And I was thinking like those were all like really positive questions that reflected a positive experience, which this definitely has been. But I I sometimes think that social media and things like that, they can be they can just be very positive and not talk about the negative. And not that I want to talk about the negative, but I was like, I think I want to share some more authentic lessons and lessons that really have impacted me over this year and have grown my business or, you know, helped me pivot in one way or another. So that's how I wanted to wrap up this season. I think something that every business owner needs to learn, and every single time I talk to any client, they we always talk about this at some point or another, is boundaries. So I have been really lucky that one of my clients is actually a burnout coach, and a huge part of her business is... Um, is boundaries. And so when I'm creating this content for her, like I am learning as I go, and I'm really having a great time doing that. And there are things that I've learned from her that I was like, I need to implement this into my business. I need to make this a part of my business. So something that I have that at the beginning of the year that I don't do now is I literally would give clients my phone number and literally no more. And I don't feel like, you know, it definitely did get abused. I feel like most of my clients didn't abuse that, but I have been able to try and make my texts only for my family and friends and trying to kind of separate this business and pleasure, if you will. So I think creating that boundary, like you can reach me through email, obviously like social media sometimes can be time, um, time sensitive, certain things can be. So I'm always like, you know, if there's an emergency, but you know what else, everyone, I've worked that into my contract and that has been really helpful is being like, Hey, like this is how I prefer to be reached. Like, um, if there's an emergency, here you go. But usually I'm checking my email though, at least twice a day. So you're going to get seen. I also have set the boundary that I potentially might not get back to you that day, but I will get back to you within 24 hours. I sometimes think that people, especially with social media, because it is kind of time, it can be time sensitive. If I have prepared everything for clients and then there's something that they want, I've made it so I am available, but I'm not immediately available. And I feel like this is also created a sense of respect with my clients when you are telling your clients like, hey, I really respect my time and I really respect your time and here's kind of my boundaries. I feel like that has grown respect between the clients and myself. But also, I I also think like, I'm always talking about, you know, my highest self. How can I be my highest self? And I think that people who I see in life who are, you know, in demand and busy that nobody demands their time and they just give it to them. Like nobody, like I feel like for me, the only person who can demand my time is my child because that's my job. But I think setting boundaries like that have been really powerful. And I would really suggest that you try and figure out what those are in your business and implement those into your contracts if you haven't yet. I feel like this next one is such a classic and there was a point in my business where I kind of rolled my eyes at this because it didn't feel feasible 
especially at the beginning stages, but outsourcing is really it, y'all. Like it really is. Um, this year I hired a VA in April. So when my business was about five months old, I hired a VA. It's, it started as very minimal work. Hopefully it can be more later down the road, but that was really helpful for, helpful for me. And what I did was I outsourced a task that I hated that I knew I needed to do. And then what I've done is I have made it so that she is doing that same task for clients that I hate to do. Um, and it has been incredible to just know I'm going to pay this person to do this thing that I hate doing. It's worth it to me because I don't enjoy doing that. It makes me feel not happy and I don't want to do it. And I also have to say with the VAs, um, this is something I get a little hot about sometimes <laughs> is I know there are people who pay VAs in other countries like pennies and I don't feel like that's very ethical and it makes me angry just because that's a lot of money in someone else's country doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. I'm trying to not get hot about it and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I actually pay my VA very well. I pay her more than I was making hourly in corporate because that's really important to me. Um, and I feel like the results speak for themselves and it's a really great investment. Um, another thing I do, I know everyone does this probably is QuickBooks. I was, I don't know why I was nervous to invest in QuickBooks. So originally I was just doing everything on, on Excel and like how horrendous is that? And that didn't last very long, obviously at the very beginning of my business, but it's literally like $15 a month. And I'm like, oh, perfect. This is tracking all of my expenses, all of my income. And therefore I know how much taxes to pay. And it just felt more organized. And I was glad it was like in a really good spot. So doing little investments like that, like honestly, if I could go back a year ago, I would literally invest in QuickBooks on day one. Like that's how fast I would. It was really just that helpful. So yeah, investing in your business and outsourcing things and tasks that you don't enjoy. And even like QuickBooks, even though that's $15 a month, investing in that so I knew where my I could look at my expenses and know where I needed to maybe cut back or maybe I could invest more. Maybe I didn't feel like that that investment was working anymore and I needed to move another direction. That was really helpful. I want to share an investment that failed over this year, though. So I, over the summer, there was a co-working space here in my community, and it was like a couple hundred dollars a month to go to, and I was like, you know, maybe this will help me with my work. So I made the investment, some really weird things, like I, I felt like I had to listen to my intuition um, because originally they were like, this is how much it's going to be. And then one day they pulled out the full, like there was just like, they didn't communicate with me appropriately and it was just kind of weird to me and it didn't sit right with me. So I discontinued it, but I never went like, I literally never went and I was investing money into this. It was so far away from where I live. that I wasn't really able to like get down there cause it wasn't very convenient. Um, it was a good idea. It didn't work. So yeah, there are going to be times where investments fail and like you need to pivot and it's totally fine. And I'm glad I know that because that's something I really wanted when I first started and I got it and I was like, I felt like I made it. Like, this is so exciting. And then in the thick of it, I was like, this is horrible. Like, why am I doing it? But sometimes I think we need to fail at things we want to do or have investments fail so that we can move forward and just know that that's not the right option for us. Simplifying your offers is so important. I know I've already touched on this this week, but I feel like when 
I see businesses where they have a million and 10 offers. You're not really sure where to start just because there's so much going on. That's exactly what it is. It looks extremely chaotic. So the only way you can work with me right now is a one-on-one client, which I don't know if I'm accepting anymore because I am so full. Um, maybe like one or two more. Um, Anyways, and the Elevated Entrepreneur Collective, and then obviously you can buy my Real Deal 2.0. All of my other digital products are not on my site anymore because I said I was getting rid of those at the anniversary. So just having really simple offers. Um, when I first started, I was always talking about a big, medium, and small and free offer, and I still feel like I have those, just one of each. My big is my one-on-one, medium, is obviously Elevate Entrepreneur Collective. Small is my ebooks and podcasts is my free one. And before there used to be multiple of those types of offers. So it feels really good and so much more organized in my mind to just have a couple of offers that I feel really strongly about that do really well. I've always known that email marketing is important and I've always utilized that with my clients, but over the last 12 months, seeing clients who really got into their email marketing and really let me go with it and, you know, plan our strategy with that really intertwined saw a lot of success. Those, I one, one thing with email marketing that I just love is there's no algorithm. It just drops into people's inboxes. I feel like so many people like to make excuses with an, with an algorithm, like, they're not doing as well. They can always just blame it on the algorithm instead of being like, well, maybe my content isn't as valuable or my con- my clients or potential followers and followers are not relating to my content. And I need to tweak that. They kind of just blame an algorithm. And with email marketing, there's nothing to blame because there is no algorithm. So it's a very powerful tool. Um, how many times do you check your email every day, right? Like I'm assuming most people check it once or twice, Maybe even more, like maybe you check it at the beginning and end of the day and, you know, you see, you see everything. Like it's kind of like Instagram in 10 years ago, right? Like it was chronological. It felt good. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to change with email, which is also really exciting. I don't feel like I've ever seen, you know, Gmail be like, hey, we have an update and here it is and start utilizing it. Like there's no updates. It just is what it is. Just making a pretty email again with valuable content that your audience relates to is incredible. Until next season, make sure you're posting your reels, make sure you're posting on your stories, send out a couple of emails, don't let this, don't let social media affect your mental health. You are an incredible content creator. I'm so grateful that you all have been here for the last year. This truly has been a labor of love and I just do this because I love podcasting. I've always loved podcasts and I'm just really grateful that I've been able to do this. Thank you so much for listening to season one. Season two will be back in January. I'm assuming I want to have it come back in January, but I'm going to take a little break for these next few weeks with my family. Um, Yeah, you're all incredible. Love you. See you soon.